0: The last thing we are discussing, the Mishnah said that if a princess is makdish, what his wife makes, it doesn't count. Therefore, she could continue working and she keeps everything. If he was makdish, the leftover of what she makes, Rabbi Meir says it becomes a Kadesh. And Rabbi Hassan said it's a Hulin because it doesn't go on what she makes. So Rabbi Meir says the leftover is hekdesh, and we asked when does it become Kadosh according to Rabbi Meir. So Rav Shmuel said it becomes Kadosh only after he passes away and Rav Adab Rabbi said no it's Kadosh even while he's still alive. And we're talking about a situation where he gives her food but he doesn't give her any extra. And explained Rav Shmuel's reason is because... The the food that she gets is because of the base salary that she makes, let's say the first five. And that extra is because of all the extra that she makes. And because he's not giving her any extra, therefore he doesn't get that extra either. And therefore he cannot be makdishet. And if it's kadosh, it's only kadosh after he dies. Rav argues and he explains that the mezonot are for the extra that she makes. And the ma'akesef that he gives her, that's for the base salary of what she makes. And since he's giving her food, therefore, that extra is his, and he could be Maklisht from now. And with that, we are starting Nautet Amud Aleph, six lines in, in the middle of the line, where it says, So, what's the, what's the Machlokit? What's the foundation of the Machlokit between Rav and Shmuel and Rav Adabah So, the like Gemara explains, mor Rav and Shmuel, they both hold, Whatever is common goes with whatever is common. Uh, whatever she makes, her first five salaim, that's common. So him feeding her, that's common. Things that are not common, he giving her extra money, her making her extra money, those are not common, let's put that together. Something that has a set amount or something that has a set amount. The extra that he has to give is a hundred ma'ah, let's say, per month. Therefore, we're going to, whatever, her her base salary, which is, let's say, five silaim. Okay, they both have a set amount. They go together. Her food, her whatever extra she makes, there's no set amount. That goes together. So, what is the problem? We're giving her Mezonot is because whatever she's making, her base salary is going to her husband. This is a problem with Rav Adab who said that the Mezonot are for the extra that she made. So the Gemara answers for Rav Adab Rahava. Switch up the Breitah or understand the Breitah differently that her Mezonot is for the extra that she made. Now the Gma has another question. If he doesn't give her that extra 100, then whatever she makes goes to her. Now this is a problem on Ravin Shmuel. So Ravin Shmuel will answer back. Say, whatever left over from what she makes, uh, that goes to her. The G'mah said, said, the Gemara asks, how could you say we're talking about the extra? We learned in the Mishnah over there, it's talking about base salary. What's the base salary? Five salaim of sewing yarn in Yehudah. And it's not talking about the extra. So the Gemara answers, Hakikamar. This is what's going on over here. The first part is talking about the extra of what she makes. So we came to explain what's the base, what's the extra. So ma'aseh, the base kamave. what is that? So this way Motak Didakama I should know how much is the extra. I gotta know what the base is. So therefore we explain the Mishkal the five Silaim worth of yarn in Yehuda, Bagalil, that's ten Silaim in Galil, and that's the base salary. Anything above that is extra. And Amashim Shemuel, Halakha Kerbi Yohanan Sandlar, Halakha Yohanan who said that if a person is in Makadish, uh, the extra that she makes, it's not here in the world right now, and therefore it's not a hikdash. even after she passes away, it's not Kadosh. And the Gemara asks, Umia Amar Shemuel HaKhid, that Shemuel really say, that the Halakha like Rabbi Yohanan Sandlar that a person cannot be Makadish, something that's not in the world. V'hatanan, we learned to Mishnah, Masech I'm vowing that whatever I make, you can't have any benefit from it. He doesn't even have to annul that vow because it's nothing. She has no control over that. He should annul that vow. Because maybe she'll make a little bit more this month. She'll go to work. She'll make it a killing. And it'll be worth more than what this person deserves. So if she makes six, seven, eight, instead of that base five, oh, the, the, maybe her nether will come about, maybe we'll stand there for annul the vow. Rabbi Yohanan ben Uri amar, he should annul, why? Garshena should Asra why? Because maybe he'll divorce her, then the vow will take into effect, and then he won't be able to marry her again. Rabbi Yohanan ben Uri, so bottom line is, you see over here that a person could be makdish something that's not in the world yet. Who said they're going to get divorced? Now this goes against what Shmuel said in the name of Rabbi Yohanan said. Over here, the halachah that Rabbi Sadlar, that a person cannot be makdish something that's not in the world. Here you have someone is makdish something that's not in the world. They're not even divorced yet. And He's saying maybe, maybe, maybe. Therefore, a null. No. Sagma so like explains, shmuel When Shmuel said the halakha is like Rabbi Yohanan Benuri, it's not because of that reason. It's because of Rabbi Akiva's reason of the extra. So, all that extra stuff that are not here right now, you could be Makadish for later on, even though they haven't got divorced or anything like that. Sagma so like says, Okay, ben so why don't you just explain, make life easier for us, and say, halakha is like Rabbi Yohanan Benuri with all the extra money. The halakha is not like Rabbi Yohanan ben Uri because of his reason. Rather, it's because of a different reason. Inami, <inaudible> or you should have said, En halakha ketana kama. And then I would have understood that he have to be, mefir, um, m- 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 annul an that vow. Inami, <inaudible> or Shmuel should have said, Halakha kerbi akiva, that you should annul the vow because of the extra. So then again, we're stuck with the same problem. Why did said Halakha kerbi Yohanan ben and it sounded like, you cannot be magdish something that's not in the world. And then you said, <laughs> that a person could be magdish something that's not in the world. El Av Yosef, <laughs> Radha Av Yosef explained, really Shmuel holds, that a person cannot be magdish something that's not in the world. And the reason he's posseh, like Rabbi Yohanan Sandlar, because konamot <laughs> kamat, you're bringing me a proof from konamot vows. Shani konamot, mitoch she adam oser perot havero alav, vows is, t- is a total different thing. It's a person saying to someone, whatever I make is asur to you. In general, a person, when he, when he's making a vow, saying whatever you make is asur on me. Here you're saying the opposite. Whatever I make is asur to you. You're asur someone else. And therefore, in this type of case, where it's a person can be makdish, something that's not yet in the world. And even though in general it doesn't work here, it would work. I understand how a person can be something that's not his on him with a vow because a person could be his fruits on someone else I get that that's easy to understand but what you're going to come and say that something that's not even the world? I'm going to be my friend that's a little bit too much it's a little bit out there how can you say something like that who says it works En adam oser perot havero al havero. I can't be oser my friend's fruits on him. Or better yet, something that I have no possession of, I can't be oser on my friend. So say the same thing over here. If something's not in the world yet, I cannot be oser on my friend. So again, we're stuck with the same question. How could Shmuel say halacha ben that she could be makdish whatever she makes for after he divorces her? Right now you're not divorced. Right now you you don't have uh, the ability to, to be makdish, whatever's not in your hand, so she cannot be osir on her husband. Therefore, he doesn't have to uh, annul that vow. What's the reason Shmuel held like Rabbi that a woman could be makdish, whatever she's make, she makes for after divorce? We're talking about beomereti kachu She's saying that my hands should be Kadosh to Akadosh Baruch My hands are going to be Kadosh to Hashem and everything I'm going to make is going to go to Hashem. The hands are right here in the world. But in our Mishnah, we're talking about a situation where it's only whatever the money she's going to make. And that's why Shemuel holds that that whatever you make is not here right now. And therefore, you cannot be Magadish so the Gemara asks, So let's say she did say, "My hands should be kadosh, tachas baruchu, mimikalchayn." Could she be makhdis? Hamishabedale. But right now, her hands are under her husband's jurisdiction. He has the right over her uh, before there's any divorce. So the Gemara says, "No, the amra lechi So She's saying that my hands will be kadosh, tachas baruchu after I get divorce, and at that point, her hands will be in her possession. But that leads the Gemara to ask. Do we have such a thing that right now it's not Kadosh, but later on it can become Kadosh? Why not? If a person says, This land that I'm going to buy off of you, when I buy it, it's going to become Kadosh. Is it not Kadosh? Of course, it can become Kadosh. Therefore, over here also, I, this woman can make something Kadosh later on. Matki doesn't like that proof. What are you comparing, over there, he didn't uh, he, he didn't although he didn't buy it yet, but when he does buy it, he could be Magdishit. over here, she can't divorce herself, she can't get herself divorced, so she can't, it's it's like really, really far fetched. So this way you can't compare cases. Ha lo This is only comparable to a following case. La Omer A person is telling his friend about land that he bought from him. Sadezo shemachati lecha kadesh. This land that I'm going to, that I sold to you, when I buy it back, it's going to be kadosh. that's It's for sure not kadosh. And same thing with this woman who says, when I get divorced, my my hands will be kadosh. Right now, it doesn't work. What are you comparing? Hatam by a person who's makdish land that he already sold. The 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 land, the fruits of the land, everything is in the hands of the buyer, and of course he has no connection. Hacha this woman, gufa her body is in her hands right now. So when there is a divorce, she has the right to be makdish whatever she wants. Halodemer rather this case is only comparable to a person told his friend uh, someone lent someone money and the borrower told the lender Sade zoshe Mishkanti Lecha this lend that I put by collateral by you, Fdena When I redeem it back, meaning when I pay back my loan and I get it back, it'll be kadosh from now. That's for sure the Kadsha, that's for sure Kadosh, because it's technically the, the borrowers, except just that the lender is holding it. And we'll compare it to our case, and therefore the lady, since she's holding her hands, therefore she could be Makdishet. But Matkifla, Rav Shisha Ravidi, has a question, Midame, what are you comparing? How can you compare this uh, collateral land to a woman? Hatam, by the land, Be'ado Liftota, he could always redeem it whenever he feels like it. She can't divorce herself. She can't give him a get. This is not comparable. Rather, it's comparable. If a person told uh, his friend or, or a borrower told the lender, this land I put collateral for 10 years, when I redeem it, when I pay you back, it's going to be kadosh from now. It does count as a kadosh. Meaning, although he gave that collateral off for 10 years, he cannot redeem it for 10 years. In 10 years, when he does redeem it, then he will be able to make it kadosh. Same thing, this woman. Even though right now she can't get divorced, when she does get divorced, then it'll be kadosh. Same thing. So now, doesn't like it. Midame, what are you comparing? How is it comparable? Hatam, over there, by that collateral for 10 years, shanim mihabi tota. After 10 years, he has, uh, okay, in his hands, he could go redeem it. She never, ever has the right to divorce herself. And therefore, she does not have the right to be Makdish, her hands. And we're going to have to go back and ask the question, Rav how do you say that the Hikadesh is intact? He's saying that if she said, uh, my hands should be Kadosh after I get divorced, we, we never saw such a thing. The Rav Asher said, first things first, Konamot kamarat, you're talking about Konamot. Konamot are higher level vows. They're not just regular vows. Shani Konamot, the Kedusha They're different. Konamot are the Kedusha on a body. And a Kedusha on something's body, you can't redeem it anymore. If I'm a Kedush, a cup to the Beit HaMikdash, okay, it's really the monetary value. I could pay the money value and I could keep the cup. Here when I'm makdish, the, when, I'm, when I say it in the language of konam, the actual cup becomes kadosh. And you can't just redeem that. And the opposite, when you say the word konam, it gets to a level where whatever it's connected to, it loses its connection. For example, when she is makdish her hands to hakadosh baruchu, when she says the word konam, the hands become kadosh hakadosh baruchu, and that disconnects her from her husband. Those three things they break off the connection they have with the other person. For example, hekdesh. If, for example, um, I borrowed money from someone and I told him this cow will be the uh, will be the collateral, and then I'm a Kadesh, that cow, that just breaks the connection between that cow and the lender. He can't extract payment from that cow anymore. Same thing with hametz. Same thing with the Hametz, if uh, a Jew borrowed money from a Goy and he said uh, all the whiskey that I have in the closet is the collateral, you could pick it up from here. And then Pesach came and now this uh, Hametz Asur, then the Goy is not allowed to extract payment from this whiskey anymore. Now you have to give him something else. Maybe you have to give him wine because that uh, Hametz became Asur. Same thing with Shihrur freeing a slave if uh, if the if my slave is my collateral to, to the lender and then all of a sudden i let that uh, slave go i freed the slave he is not connected anymore to the lender anymore and the lender would have to get it from somewhere else so same thing when this lady said quanam, her hands that already takes her away from whatever connection she has to the husband. So now the Gemara asks, So let it become kadosh. Not when she gets divorced, let it become kadosh now. So the Gemara explains, made the husband's connection so strong that she can't make it kadosh from now. She has to wait till after divorce or after death and then it can become kadosh. But right now, Hachamim made his connection, his authority so strong that her hikdish can't take effect till later. Next, Mishnah. The following uh, melachot, the following work a woman has to do for her husband. The same way he has to feed her, he has to clothe her, etc. She also has to bring things into this marriage. So... Tohenet, she has to grind the wheat ve'ofa, and she has to bake bread umchabeset, she has to clean the clothing, do laundry mevashelad cooking umenikayet bena, she has to nurse her son, and rishonim bring a yerushalmi dafka her son, not any other children that he has. Also another question that comes up. Let's say she has twins. Does she have to feed both of them or only one of them and let him hire a nurse for the other one? Very interesting. Uh, take a look at the, the Rosh over here. The referee. Could I look into that? So yeah. Number six, she has to fix the batch And Number seven, and she has to do work with the wool. And again, the Rishonim bring down the name of the Yerushalmi, that these are the seven main works, but the small work that she has to do for him, like get him a cup of water, that we didn't even have to mention in the Mishnah. Hichnisa lo hat. If she brought into the marriage one maidservant, Meaning her father said, part of your diary is here here's a maid servant. then we knock off three jobs from her, she doesn't have to grind, she doesn't have to bake, she doesn't have to do laundry. She if she brought two maid servants with her then in then she doesn't have to cook anymore, she doesn't have to nurse her children, but she at least has to do the bad sheets and she has to work with the the, the wool. Shalosh, if she brought three maidservants and matzahat then she doesn't have to fix the bed anymore, she doesn't have to do anything with the wool, but she has to do small minor things, bring them a cup of tea, things like that. Arba, if she's a really rich girl and she brought four maidservants to this marriage, Yoshevet bakatedra, she sits in a big nice chair, she doesn't have to do anything. Rabiliah Izra said, even if she brought into this marriage a hundred maidservants, Kofala Asot he has to force her to work with wool. And the reason is, maybe when you're not working, when you're unemployed, that ends up being zima, adultery ends up happening. Rabban Shimon not only that, even if a person vows that his wife is not allowed to do any work, you'll see He should divorce her, give her a ketubah, because you're hurting her while doing this. Why? Because when a person's not working, that could cause a person to become uh, crazy. We understand the word shi'amum as boredom, and she brings up the word shigaon means insanity. So now the Gemara starts. We said uh, the first thing that a woman does for her husband, the first thing that is uh, counted was she grinds wheat. And the Gemara asks, what? she's going to sit there grinding with her hands all the wheat. She can't do that. It's too hard. Ela, no, rather, what are we talking about? She causes the grinding. She puts it in the grinder and the grinder does it. Ima. Or what are we talking about? We're talking about a hand grinder. Uh, so therefore, she's the one doing all the work. A woman is only for beauty. She's only for making children. And therefore, she doesn't have to do any work that makes her not beautiful or causes her not to be able to have kids. A woman is only so you can give her jewelry. Things that make are pretty. bihaya, If a person wants to make his wife beautiful, he shall bechena kile pishtan, let her wear linen clothing. If a person wants his daughter to have white skin, he shall bechena ifrohim, let her eat chicks. He shall bechena halavsa mukle perkan, let drink milk close to the age of niarim, close to the age of twelve. Next, the Mishnah mentioned job number five, Umenika et bena. She nurses her son. Lema matnitin de loke sounds like our Mishnah is not like betshamay. Danja, nadras shelola nika If she vowed not to nurse her son, betshamay omrim shomet et tad mipiv. Then she takes her breast away from his mouth, meaning she is not allowed to nurse him. And beti the omrim kofal menikato. Her husband can force her to nurse the baby. They got divorced. She doesn't have to listen to him anymore. He can't force her anymore. And if the child only knows her, then you have to pay the mother extra for the nursing. And then you force her to nurse him because it's dangerous. So bottom line is you see that according to Beit Shammai, a woman does not have to nurse her son. So the Gemma explains, You could even say Amish nouns like, What are we doing with? Here we're talking about a situation where she vowed, he accepted it, he never annulled her vow. And Bet-Shamay understands, or they hold, He's the one who put the finger between her teeth, meaning... You caused her to bite bite herself, meaning you're the one who made this possible, and therefore it's your fault. And now she can't nurse, and you have to hire someone to nurse the child. And she's the one who put her finger in her mouth, meaning she's the one who bit herself, and therefore we don't listen to her, rather come and nurse the baby. Which leads the Gemara to ask, Why don't, we, why don't Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel argue in a regular Ktubah? If she vowed not to have any benefit from him, and he accepted it, he didn't annul that vow. So the he he's the one who caused it. So according to Bet Shammai, he has to divorce her and give her a ktubah, And according to Beit Hillel, he has to divorce her and doesn't have to give her a ktubah because it's her fault. So meaning, why is the Machloket only by nursing? It could, it could even be a bigger level Machloket. Ve'odah, number two, Tanya, we have a, a straight-up breitah that says, that she doesn't have to nurse this child, which is not like our Mishnah. Rather, we have to answer, like we said before, Ella rather, it's clear matnitin de loke Mishnah is not like b'chamai. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen Amen.